No regrets. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. Happy birthday to my middle daughter, 23 years old. No regrets. That has nothing to do with my daughter's birthday, actually. That has to do with Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is a funny person to say no regrets, except when he says regrets. Why does a guy like Mark Cuban have any regrets? He's the most outspoken owner. He's got a seat at the table in the NBA. He's involved in every negotiation that happens, both with other owners, with the commissioner, with the Players Association, with contestants on Shark Tank. He's the king of negotiating. All of a sudden, the Dallas Mavericks, the team that he owns, the team that he has a locker in the clubhouse, the team that he sits practically on the bench during the games, the team that has hoisted one championship trophy over our Miami Heat. Mark Cuban decided yesterday was a good time to give his comments on the NBA and the NBA playoffs and the NBA play-in tournament. What are we talking about? Your entire life, my entire life, most of my entire life, the NBA has two conferences, Western Conference, Eastern Conference. The top eight teams go to the playoffs in each conference. One plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. And then the winner advances and then advances and then advances and then they hoist the trophy the Larry O'Brien Championship Trophy. And then they move on to the next season. Well, last year they had that compressed schedule. They played in the bubble. COVID totally changed everything. And they decided to do a play-in tournament. I remember well on a previous episode of Nothing Personal where we smiled about Adam Silver's plan and the owner's plan to play a play-in tournament where if you're not in the top eight, you still have a chance to come to the bubble, play well, and then make the playoffs. And we nicknamed it, as I recall, the Zion Tournament. Any possible way to get the Pelicans of New Orleans into the playoffs, because that would be a great attraction to the broadcast partners. Fans would enjoy watching Zion. The Pelicans were out of the playoff race. So is there any way to get them in the race? The bubble happens, the Lakers win the title, Everyone is feeling really good about everything. That's fine. Let's do it again. Let's bring it back. We're good at that in sports. If something works, you do it again, then you do it again, then you do it again until it stops working, and then you stop it immediately and then adjust. We do that with approaches to hitters, how we approach hitters by pitching, how we approach pitchers with our hitting, what we do on the sales side, anything that works. And even, by the way, if it works for someone else, we're going to copy it and do it ourselves until it doesn't work for us. So the NBA announced before the season, after many meetings that included Mark Cuban, that they were going to bring back the lovely play-in tournament after a 72-game compressed schedule shortened season that the NBA is currently having. No problem, right? Sounds good. Sounds fair. With only 72 games, if you finish in ninth place and you're only a game out of eighth, you would have had 10 games to make up that one game. That sort of sucks, right? So you do the play-in and everything's good. Mark Cuban votes for it. He's all excited. Cut to April 13th, 2021, as the NBA season comes to a merciful end. When does it end, Coca? 
let's say the Mavs are 29 and 24. That means they've played 53 games. They've got 19 games left. Let's say that they play those in a month. So let's say the playoffs start in June. I don't know if that's right. I bet Coco would know, but I'm guessing around June, middle of May, maybe. So Mark Cuban comes out and says, I've got great regret. What do you have a regret over, Mark? Not taking that great invention of dog pooper scoopers? No, not that. All right, what, what else do you have regret about? Anything? Mark? Hello? What? No, you don't. All right, he does. Mark Cuban comes out and says, I can't stand this playing. It's a huge mistake. He said, I understand why the NBA is doing it. But if we're going to be creative because of COVID, we should just go straight one to 20 and let the bottom four play in, meaning get rid of all conferences, Eastern and Western Conference. The worst part about this approach, he said, is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule. Rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer, you have to approach every game as a playoff game to either get into the playoffs or stay in the top six. Because if you're not in the top six, you're subject to a play-in. Well, let me explain what the play-in is, Mark, that you agreed to. If you finish in the seventh or eighth seed, you're going to play each other. If you win that game, you're in the playoffs. If you lose that game, all you have to do is play another game. Who do you play against? The winner of the ninth versus 10th seed. That means that if you finish ninth or 10th, the only way to make the playoffs is to win two games in a row. You have to beat either the 10th if you're the ninth or the ninth if you're the 10th. Then you have to beat the loser of the seventh versus eighth. If you finish seventh and eighth, when you would normally have made the playoffs no problem, all you have to do is win one out of two games. So it would behoove you to finish in seventh or eighth, but it would be even better to finish in sixth. Now, Dallas, guess where Dallas is in the standings? Anyone? Anyone? Beulah? Yeah, they're in seventh place. <laughs> they're a game and a half ahead of the eighth place team. They're only two and a half games right now ahead of ninth. Three and a half ahead of 10th, with hap which happens to be Steph Curry and the Warriors. And don't you think that the league wants the Warriors in the playoffs? But look who's there in 11th place. Stan Van Gundy trying to make my wait to see come true that the Pelicans will make the playoffs this year. They are four and a half games behind Dallas, but only one game behind the Warriors to get into the play-in tournament. So that means that Mark Cuban goes public along with Luka Doncic, who is very upset about all these play-in games and wants to have rest and wants to get ready and blah, blah, blah. Someone's got to tell Mark that when you're going to complain, and we would talk about this in meetings quite often, actually, who is the best spokesperson on a particular issue? Because the media is going to go after the person who's going to give the best quotes, the person who may stir the pot just a tad wee bit. But we try to talk about who we want discussing certain issues. So we would do that within the organization, which person, whether it's a marketing person, a salesperson, me, the GM, the owner, or, a or, or nobody, just the team. The league does the same thing. Is it going to be a commissioner? Is it going to be the deputy commissioner? Is it going to be someone who works in labor relations? Or are they going to call an owner and have an owner speak about a specific issue? 
that they want the message out in a certain way from a certain owner. In baseball, we would look at large market owners and small market owners, depending on what the subject would be, we would choose an owner from large market or small market. There was a system, a method to the madness. Here's what we wouldn't have done. We would not have the owner of a team that just got the bad end of an instant replay call. Let's say the Marlins when Michael Conforto walked him off or the Braves when the Phillies walked him off with the missed call. We would not have the losing team's owner be the owner going public talking about whether or not instant replay works or doesn't work. There's no way the NBA would ever have the seven-seated team and the owner of that seven-seated team talking about how bad the play-in tournament is. Although Mark Cuban never does, ever, ever, ever does what Adam Silver wants him to do, which is why he doesn't own a baseball team, by the way. Mark Cuban has a bunch of regrets. You know what's crazy about the system and who should be talking about it? Charlotte right now is in the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. New York is in the eighth seed, only a half came back. Then the ninth and tenth seed are Chicago and Indiana. Chicago, the Chicago Bulls are five games out of the seventh seed, four and a half games out of the playoffs, and they're going to get to maybe win two in a row and then make the playoffs over Charlotte or New York, the loser of the Charlotte-New York game if the season ended today. Get Jimmy Dolan to talk about the play-in. Not Mark Cuban. Wrong play. All right, we're switching gears now to baseball. We have gotten a ton of questions about this next issue, and I wanted to cover it. So what I did is I took an amalgam of all of the questions you asked, and I created my own question. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Ichiro, I, for, before we get to that, Coca, Ichiro has a, uh, Ichiro, you know, Ichiro played for the Marlins, the Mariners. He had a translator named Alan Turner, who we hired, who has been with him his whole career. He also had a special assistant, a guy named Brad. And Brad's job was to, he's the one who helped us sign Ichiro. And he's the one who helped foment a conversation with Ichiro. He's the one who took care of handling the press conference in Tokyo. He is unbelievably connected in Tokyo in the States. He lives in St. Louis. He sent me a picture yesterday via text. We're all still in touch. And it was a restaurant in, I assume, St. Louis. And the name of the restaurant, I don't know if you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, which would be really cool, nothing personal with David Sampson, you can subscribe. I'm showing you the name of the restaurant right now. It's called Half Baked. I'm not sure I'd want to go to a restaurant called Half Baked that's not a dispensary because it says that it's got pastries and desserts and sandwiches and cakes. Don't you want that fully baked? Anyway, Half Baked is a movie. Everyone wants to talk to Samson and Half Baked. Get in my Twitter at David P. Samson and ask a question. A ton of questions came in about the MLB antitrust situation. An amalgam is when you take a bunch of things and you just sort of make them one. Have you covered MLB's antitrust exemption? That's the question. I thought I had. Coca said I hadn't. May have done it somewhere else. 
but we're gonna cover it here right now. There is so much confusion going on. Antitrust, the Sherman Act, doesn't matter. It's not the Bruce Sherman Act from the Marlins. It's not the John Sherman Act from the Indians. That's not their name anymore, is it Coca? From the Cleveland baseball team. The Antitrust Act is federal legislation that basically says no monopolies. That's not fair to the consumer. Of course, I'm not sure they're very focused on how I get my cable or Wi-Fi. Yeah, I got three choices. One's crap, one's crappier, and one you can't reach if you sit on hold for two and a half hours. Press two if you'd like to speak to a representative. Thank you. But before we let you speak to a representative, please let me know your zip code. Then if you don't mind, what's your problem? Press one if you can't hear this. Press two if you can't see us. Please hold for representative. The approximate hold time is hello, hello. And then the music stops and you think you're going to get someone, someone live. And then can't we find someone who's live, please? Before we can help you, can you please answer the following six questions? Is your internet connected? I think so. I'm sorry, I don't understand that. I have no idea why I just got onto the cable company. Oh, because it's a monopoly. Baseball's a bit of a monopoly. I never really thought of it as a monopoly because I could always start a baseball team. Hi, I'm David. Would you like to come play for the David Sampson Penal League? We'll pay you $500. Oh, you make 500 grand? Ooh, sorry. That's not a monopoly just because you can pay someone more. What makes a monopoly is something that quashes competition, squashes it so it can happen. MLB got an antitrust exemption, which means that MLB is not subject to the antitrust laws, which means MLB can be a monopoly. Is that what it means? Let's get into specifics so you can have a working understanding because you're reading articles, you're hearing people talk, and they don't get it. They don't get it because they don't care. You want to watch a press conference? Go watch Senator Ted. I can't remember his name. The guy with the uh, the beard who went to Mexico on vacation when his state was in trouble. I can't remember what his name is, but it doesn't matter. Ted something. Another guy named Howley. Another guy named Mike Lee or Tom Lee or Fred Lee or Dick Lee. They took to the podium and they said, we're going after MLB's antitrust exemption because we don't like that they pulled the all-star game from Georgia and we're going to show them that they're not above the law. Do they know that Bernie Sanders wants the MLB antitrust exemption to be gotten rid of, to be eliminated as well? Does that not show you that on the hard left and the hard right, everyone's the same? Coke has told me something recently. Actually, I don't know what, Coco, were you the horseshoe guy? Are you the horseshoe guy? Yes or no? Okay. Do you know what a horseshoe is? A horseshoe is like an inverted U, except at the bottom of the U, the bottom of the horseshoe, they're really close together. His view is the way left and the way right are the bottom of the horseshoe, and they're really not as far apart as they think they are because they're all crazy as loons. Not all of them. 
can I say all of them if it's 95% of them? Does that count? Remember, I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders is great. I'm not saying that people on the far right are great. I'm not saying they're crazy. Yes, I am. I'm not saying that I agree with any of them because I don't. So Bernie Sanders wants the antitrust exemption disappeared. So does Tom Lee, Mike Lee, Bruce Lee, Josh Howley, and that guy, Ted, Mark Wahlberg. What would happen if the MLB antitrust exemption got eliminated legislatively? Well, that's the only way it's going to get eliminated because the antitrust exemption started with a Supreme Court ruling by the Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes in 19 blanking. I want to say 22. I don't know why that's in my head. I think that's right. And there was a lawsuit because there was a league that wanted to start and to compete against Major League Baseball called the Federal Leagues. And they felt like they couldn't compete, so they sued for antitrust. They ended up dropping the suit, except one team kept it going. And anyway, the Supreme Court said, baseball is not interstate commerce. Because to be subject to antitrust rules, you have to engage in interstate commerce, which means you have to conduct business in multiple states. His view was specific teams in MLB only conduct business in the state in which they're in. Therefore, it's not interstate commerce. Huh? That doesn't make much sense. If you're the Yankees and you go to play the Mets, that's, oh no, that's not interstate. Hold on. If you're the Yankees and you go to play the Dodgers, oh no, they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. If you're the Yankees and you're going to play the Phillies, there we go. Interstate, you're going to Pennsylvania. But the judge didn't agree with that. Supreme Court made the ruling. And in our justice system, the concept of precedence is a very significant concept. When the Supreme Court issues a ruling, they are loath to reverse that ruling. There have been several cases since then. There was a Tolleson case. There was the Kurt Flood case. Several cases in the years since then where the MLB antitrust exemption was called into question and the Supreme Court said, the legislature has had an opportunity to change this. And if they want to, they can, but the Supreme Court is gonna not change its precedent and we're gonna leave it be. There are three branches of government, right? Executive, president, legislative, House, Congress, Senate, and judicial. When the judicial branch makes a comment or makes a ruling, all the legislative branch has to do is say, you know what? We don't agree. We are going to pass a federal law the way bills are passed. And we're going to eliminate Tuesdays. No more Tuesdays. Done. All we need is it to get through the Congress, House, Senate, have the president not veto it or for vetoes it. Do we have enough votes to override the veto? And then we got ourselves a law. Remember, schoolhouse rock how a bill becomes a law. So the Supreme Court has said over the years, man, I don't know, the legislative branch has had all these opportunities. If they're complaining about this antitrust exemption, why don't they just take care of it? So Senator Ted Wahlberg says, we're going to take care of it ourselves. What a blowhard. He doesn't have the votes to take care of it. They've tried so many times, it's never gotten anywhere. The left has tried, the right has tried. And what would it mean if the antitrust exemption disappeared? It means that baseball would no longer have control over ownership, over relocation. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden there'd be pop-up leagues everywhere competing with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption 
from a practical standpoint, as an executive in baseball, what it really means is that we don't need anyone's permission to decide whether or not teams move. We just take 30 guys in a room. And if you get 23 to say yes, bing, bang, boom, you got yourself a relocation. Immunity from antitrust means that you can act in a way that's in the best interests of your company. And if you pretend not to be a monopoly, which baseball is not, then you are okay. What would happen if the exemption went away? Would teams all of a sudden start relocating? Just because the antitrust exemption goes away doesn't mean there's not a need for a vote of 23 to 7. But what it does mean is that if an owner doesn't get a vote of 23 to 7, he would have the right to use the court system to enforce his right as a franchise owner to play where he wants. Choosing owners, very mysterious. How does the commissioner choose owners? Hmm, that's, that's a whole nother show there, Coca. But the commissioner does choose owners. Sometimes he regrets his choice. Sometimes the owners get in the way of what the commissioner wants and the commissioner gets pissed and all of a sudden the commissioner can get his revenge in other ways. But believe you me, the commissioner has more to do with who's an owner than the team selling the team. If the antitrust exemption goes away, that sort of power could get impacted, but there is no indication that it would. One of those senators said something that was just too funny that made me smile. This guy, Howley, he appeared on Tucker Carlson and he said, monopolies and liberty are not compatible. No corporation should be so big or so powerful that it can control the political process, that it can override the will of the voters. That statement, if that doesn't make you laugh, then you're not paying attention. Josh Howley and his group are the main people who wanted to exactly do what he's saying you shouldn't do. He wanted to exactly override the will of the voters. What do you think January 6th was all about, folks? It was about overriding the will of the voters. It's got some nerve. <sighs> How about the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, are selling their team to A-Rod. We talked about that yesterday. Anthony Edwards had the line of the year when asked about A-Rod. He said, I have no idea who A-Rod is. A-Rod then introduced himself to Alex on Instagram. That made me smile. One of the things that the senator said about antitrust is baseball shouldn't have the immunity because the NBA doesn't have the immunity. NFL doesn't have the antitrust immunity. Why should baseball? Well, baseball got it from the Supreme Court. Baseball has always enjoyed the antitrust immunity. But as I said, the legislative branch has always had a chance to change that. Glenn Taylor of the Timberwolves had some things to say about the antitrust immunity. He had some things to say about relocation. And I wanted to talk about the difference between the NBA and MLB. Glenn Taylor is concerned that people think that the team is going to move out of Minnesota. If A-Rod buys it, maybe to Seattle. We talked about it yesterday, maybe somewhere else. So Glenn Taylor took pains to say, the agreement is with the NBA. The NBA will make the decision if somebody's going to move or not move. The NBA will not approve the Timberwolves moving from here to Seattle. 
it is in the NBA's interest that in Seattle, a new team is formed. That will be an economic decision that's in the interest of all the NBA owners. Hey, Glenn, what are you talking about? There's only one way to guarantee the Minnesota Timberwolves don't move out of Minnesota, and that is if you put it in the purchase agreement with A-Rod or whoever buys your team. There have been plenty of relocations in the NBA. There's no guarantee that the Timberwolves wouldn't move to Seattle or somewhere else under a new owner. You can stop it in your contract with your potential owner. You've got the power. Don't blame it on the NBA. Don't hide behind the NBA. You can be better than that, Glenn. Relocations are much easier in the NBA and the NFL because there's no antitrust. They are subject to the antitrust act. <laughs> Owners are funny, right? We say anything that will further our story and make us more popular and help our legacy. Glenn Taylor does not want to be blamed if the Timberwolves leave. So he says, hey, it's got nothing to do with me. It's all the NBA. No one wants to be blamed for anything they do, so they just pass the buck, pass it downstream mostly. Let me get back to the antitrust and close with this, if you don't mind. What happened yesterday with Ted and Josh and Tom and Mike and Dopey and Sleepy and Grumpy and Sneezy and Dopey is that they were using their political pulpit in order to draw attention to an issue that they think people give a tinker's damn about. There's nobody who cares about MLB's antitrust exemption, antitrust immunity. There's no one who cares that the NFL and ML and NBA are subject to it. People care about their own lives, their own tax situation, their own take-home money. They care about their own sports teams, their own quality of life, their own city. Teams move all the time. Life goes on. Teams stay all the time. Life goes on. Stadiums get funded all the time. Life goes on. Stadiums don't get funded all the time. Life goes on. What's the moral of the antitrust story? It's a lot of smoke, not a lot of fire, and life will guaranteed go on. Were you in the desert last night at 10.30? Did anyone stay awake? Did you, Coca? Did you watch the Suns play the Heat? You know, I, that's a setup. Do you know how I know Coca didn't? Because when we started play, doing the show this morning, talking about it early this morning, he said, hey, how'd the pick of the day go? That means he was in la-la land, not watching the Suns crush the heat. We moved to 49 and 30. Not bad. We had the Suns three and a half over the heat. We said they should have been six and a half. They won by 20. I was wrong. The line should have been 19 and a half. What a simple pick that was. Great game to watch today. Johnny Vandermeer is on the mound for the San Diego Padres. Who? You've never seen him pitch? You don't know who Johnny Vandermeer is? Johnny Vandermeer's name lives in infamy. It comes up every single time a no-hitter is thrown because he's the only pitcher in the history of the antitrust-exempt Major League Baseball to throw back-to-back no-hitters. Joe Musgrove takes the bump for the Padres today, trying to tie Vandermeer and truly solidify his place in history. Plenty of people throw one no-hitter and get forgotten about. There have been some pretty crappy pitchers who throw no-hitters. It's pretty cool if they did it, but they don't end up being anything, certainly not Hall of Famers. Joe Musgrove is trying to back up his game. I have spoken to the pitchers who I saw throw no-hitters, Edinson Volquez, 
Annabelle Sanchez. I saw Roy Halladay throw a perfect game. I can't think of the other no-hitters the Marlins had while I was there, but I think there was another one, but I'm completely blanking. Damn it, Coca. Any case, from 02 to 17, who threw no-hitters for the Marlins? It wasn't Burnett, it wasn't Leiter, but it was definitely Annabelle Sanchez, Volquez, and I think there was another in between. Unbelievable. Like, oh, Henderson Alvarez, the greatest no-hitter ever when he had a scoreless game in the ninth and thought the no-hitter was over. In any case, Musgrove is playing the Pirates. This is the easiest game to choose. I'm taking the Pirates. Having spoken to the pitchers who pitch no-hitters, the letdown on their follow-up start is so significant. It's so hard to go back-to-back good games. It happens. It's just not going to happen with Joe Musgrove. I'm taking the Pirates in an upset over the Padres. Take the money line. But the wait to see, wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. Either it does happen or it doesn't. We have a few wait to sees that are pending, like how Jacob DeGrom does in his next start. The Mets swept the Phillies yesterday. I think DeGrom may start this week against the Phillies, but I could be wrong. And we had to wait to see that he's going to get five runs scored for him by the Mets offense after that performance against the Marlins where he gave up one run and lost. My wait to see is that not only will Joe Musgrove not pitch a no-hitter, his no-hit bid will end in the first third of the game. In the first three innings, Musgrove will give up a hit. That's my wait to see. Go Pirates! I know they totally stink, but I just have a weird feeling the Pirates can get Musgrove tonight. We're 49 and 30. When we come back, I watched a movie yesterday. I tweeted whether I should finish it. You told me not to finish it, but you also, one of you out there, and I want to call you out, you said to me on Twitter at David P. Sampson, how can you not finish the movie? Because then if you don't, you won't be able to watch the credits and you always watch the credits so you can acknowledge the people who spent the time to make that movie. He was right. I watched it. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Do, 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 do. Is that when you're supposed to do the music, Coca? Do, 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 do. Do we play that when we come back from commercials? Thank you for downloading Nothing Personal for following nothing personal. Get on Spotify, by the way. We want to be the top podcast on Spotify, the top sports baseball podcast, even though we're categorized as baseball on Spotify and Apple. And to me, we do all sports, entertainment, politics, anything trending. But we'll take all the rankings and ratings and follows and downloads. Tell your friends about it. We watch a movie every day, no matter what. I finally watched Godzilla versus Kong yesterday. Rebecca Hall's in it. I love Rebecca Hall. Alexander Skarsgård stars in it. Is that Stellan Ske- Is that Skellen Skarsgård's son? By the way, Coca, I would assume it's likely, but I don't know. So I watched Godzilla versus Kong, and I watched it to the end to watch the credits just to see if I could recognize anybody I knew who got a paycheck for doing some amazing special effects, but for putting on a movie that had no plot, that had no script, that had special effects that were fine. People who love Godzilla said it was unbelievable. What a great Godzilla story. King Kong looked real, he had fingernails. When he did the ET touch with the little girl, that was fascinating. It was total crap, but I watched it. You don't have to. Godzilla versus Kong. What would I rather have been doing during that hour and 53 minutes? I probably would have been better off on hold trying to reach my cable company. Press four if you don't want to hold anymore. Ah! Do you know how many times I've given the finger to the phone? Can I give the finger on YouTube, Coca? So there's something going on in the country right now. Johnson & Johnson vaccines are on hold. Apparently, six people out of six million got blood clots. One person may have even died. Does that help me on the math here, Coca? Does that mean one in a million get a blood clot and may have complications, bad complications? I'm just curious. Um, When I go running outside and it's cloudy outside with a chance of meatballs, what are the odds I get struck by lightning? Anyone? They are better than the odds of getting complications from the J&J vaccine. One in 700,000 people get struck by lightning, except for the guy from Benjamin Button who got struck five times. I got struck by lightning five times. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm totally scared of lightning. I take my uh, earphones, do you guys do this? I take the AirPods out of my ears when I'm running through a thunderstorm because I heard that if lightning strikes your AirPods, you can go deaf. That may be a total Bubba Meister, like you can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery with a tattoo. I have no idea. Or that if you scream too loudly or cross your eyes, your eyes will stay crossed. All I know is I take out my music when I'm running through lightning. But it's still a one in 700,000 chance. But the J&J vaccine is on hold. 
Meanwhile, Moderna and Pfizer are rolling. We should all be vaccinated, all who want to, which should be everyone. Get vaccinated. Why wouldn't you? It's free. It helps you. Well, something happened up in New York that is causing quite a bit of problems right now. People are very upset that the county executive in Erie County, which is where the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills play, has said that starting when the Buffalo Bills play, you are going to need a vaccine passport. And if you are not vaccinated, you may not go to a game. Stop the presses, everyone. They are taking away our liberty. I want the right to bet Lord Byron. That's from Let It Ride. Check it. You have the right to remain silent. I want the right to bet Lord Byron. I always found that line very funny. People said, I've got the right to go to a Bills game and I have the right not to get vaccinated. I don't want to get vaccinated. Here's a special news alert, folks. You have no right to go anywhere. Anywhere. Ever seen a sign in front of a restaurant? No shoes, no shirt, no service. You walk in there without a shirt, your beer belly hanging out because you want a beer. Nipples that are so hard you can cut glass because it's raining. Goosebumps, hair standing straight up on your arms. And they say, sorry, sorry, folks, park's closed. Do you have the right to go into that store? No, you don't. How about this? I want to go to a baseball game and I want to be naked. Yes, I do. I'm comfortable being naked and I want to be naked. Do you have the right to go to the baseball game and take off your clothes and sit there and watch your birthday suit? Nope. How about this? I hate Samson. How about that as a sign when you bring into a Marlins game? Nope. Can't do it. Do you know why? Because we've got the right to tell you exactly what kind of signs we want and we're not violating one constitutional right you have. You do not have the right to go to a private place, restaurant, game, and dress the way you want, talk the way you want, act the way you want. You are subject to the rules. Wear masks on airplane. It's a federal law. You do not have to wear a mask if you don't want to, but you may not go on an airplane. People are up in arms saying you're taking away our privilege. I just blew the joke. Cut that, Coca. 6849. People are saying, I've got the right to go to a game. And if I don't want to be vaccinated, it doesn't matter. Guess what? It's a privilege, not a right. And the politicians in Buffalo said it correctly. It is not a God-given right to go to a Buffalo Bills game. It is simply a privilege. So all of this is happening, and it got me thinking, what would I do with the Marlins in Florida in a state governed by Ron DeSantis, who would absolutely let you go to a game without a vaccination passport, would let you go to a game naked and hold up any sign you want except one that said, I hate DeSantis. But I also have the right to say we have different rules. I'm not sure that I would have a vaccination passport required because I want to make sure before I do that, that I know that everybody has the same access to a vaccine that I had, that everyone can get an appointment, that everyone can get it done. And if people choose not to have it done, that's their choice. 
but I don't want them in a game because I don't want people who have made the right choice in my mind to be in any way in harm's way. Now, what you're saying to yourself is, Samson, why are you saying it's in your opinion, in your choice, from your point of view, you believe in vaccinations, but I don't, why are you right? And the answer is I'm not right. Just because I have an opinion and you have the opposite opinion doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong. What it means is I'm in the position of power to make a decision exactly to do what I want to do. And you are not in that position. That's all. It's all about power. It's about privilege. It's about circumstance. It's about opportunity. There are going to be so many businesses that choose to have vaccination required before you can enter whether it's concerts or shows or planes or whatever the case may be. Will it lead to problems? Will it lead to a black market for vaccination passports? Yes, it will. They already exist. You can go on the Google and buy yourself a vax card that says you've been vaccinated, just like you can get a fake ID. And it means that you are doing something illegal, your choice. But you're going to get caught. Eventually, it's going to be on your phone. Eventually, it's going to be a serial number, a scan, a retinal scan. It'll be something to show that you're 21, something to show that you've been vaccinated. Believe me, technology is coming. We'll always be a step behind the counterfeiters and a step behind the technological wizards who I wish would spend money helping me instead of trying to steal stuff from me. But I digress. No vac, no entry in Buffalo. Wait to see. This is not an official wait to see. You know what, Coca? Let's do a double wait to see. Will you mark this on the document so we can keep track of it? Double wait to see. We did the first wait to see, which was something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, the, the first wait to see was that Joe Musgrove will give up a hit in the first three innings. The second wait to see is that the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres will not be the only teams, the only stadiums, and the only city to require vaccination for entry. I guarantee you they will not be alone on the island. Okay. Where do you want to go, Coca? I think we got to talk about this. We got to talk about what's going on in football. People are up in arms. Players for the Broncos, players for the Seahawks, players for the Buccaneers. They went public with very well-crafted Statements that, by the way, all sounded the same because they were all done in conjunction with the union saying we've made a big decision. Very big. Everyone sit down. Is everyone sitting? Everyone stay calm. Here's the decision. We have decided as players that we will not attend the offseason voluntary workouts. Hmm. Are you hearing me? Did you get that? The Seahawks had a statement that said the NFLPA, that's the union, has provided us with thorough research and information regarding our safety as players as we enter voluntary workouts this year, especially the benefits on our health and safety from a virtual offseason last year. After considering all the facts, we as a team have decided to make a decision that is uncomfortable but necessary. They're skipping the volunteer workouts. The Buccaneers, 
NFL players across our league are a group of professionals who care about our jobs, our community, and our families. We made a commitment to the organization, to Bucks fans, and to each other that we would come back to try to bring another world championship to Tampa Bay. Thank you. That's so nice of you to try to repeat. We appreciate that as Tampa Bay fans. We know that our union worked to negotiate safety protocols, but in light of the ongoing pandemic, we are choosing to take a stand with other players across the league and exercise our right to not participate in the voluntary offseason program. We had a fully virtual offseason last year, and we held each other accountable to do the work that it took to win, and we plan to do that again. Do you know what a voluntary workout means? It means it's voluntary. You want to come? Great. You don't want to come? Fine. But wait a minute. We've got a way to make you come. The Green Bay Packers said we have a plan. We're going to give you bonuses, but the bonus will only be paid if you go to the voluntary workout. Because in football, one of the sports that voluntary workouts really should be involuntary because it is so important to prepare for a season and virtually preparing is much more difficult than it is preparing in person. And the better teams do prepare in person. Of course, a team was going to win the Super Bowl last year doing no voluntary workouts, doing virtual workouts, because every team did virtual workouts. So by definition, a team that did virtual workouts was going to win a Super Bowl. Hello? The real thing comes at the end of this season with teams who did show up to their voluntary workouts versus teams that did it virtually. Then are we going to see a difference? The answer is talent always wins the day, but it's still better. How do you incentivize players to go to voluntary workouts? It's very simple. Pay them. The players right now are using COVID as their sword. We are not going to the voluntary workouts because of COVID and we believe in safety. You do? Okay. You don't want to get COVID, but you're okay getting concussed and becoming potentially homicidal, suicidal, and criminal. No problem on that. But we don't want to go to the voluntary workouts because we're scared of a sneeze, even though we've been vaccinated. I find it to be a little disingenuous. The reason why players don't want to go to voluntary workouts is because they'd rather be home with their families. No problem. Work it out in the collective bargaining agreement. Oh, you did just do the collective bargaining agreement? where you got all those concessions by the owners, where you limited the number of practices with pads, you limited the number of preseason games. Why didn't you go after the voluntary workouts and say that there are going to be no more? We're going to pass. I don't understand why I need a statement to say you're not going to do something that's voluntary. Raise your hand. Who wants to volunteer? I don't. No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to raise your hand if you do want to volunteer. NFL's got a situation brewing. I think all the leagues do. Players have definitely taken it upon themselves to take more stands socially, which I love and need and require, but they're taking many more stands on the labor front when it's issues that are far better handled during negotiations than through public statements. But as we all know, every side always thinks that public statements are the way to go but then nothing personal started and they began to realize that it's just business. It's nothing personal. Do, 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 do. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com